Hey, patrons, welcome to your bonus content for episode 267 of the Mikey Pod podcast. Keith Knight is with us. Uh, this is a fun interview. I really enjoyed talking to Keith, and it's fun having a, n- another Patreon person to do the bonus content because he kind of gets what it's all about. Um, I want to check in with a couple of things. One, uh, it's Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Um, well, it's the day before Thanksgiving. And um, yeah, that's great. <laughs> it's good. I- I'm going to go to Tamerlane Farm, which is one of my favorite places on earth. So I'm super excited about that. And my roommate is going with me, and uh, she hasn't uh, seen it before. So that's beautiful. <sighs> Uh, I want to talk about the zines. They're on the way. I swear they're on the way. Are you looking for them? Are you are you mad? <laughs> if you're mad, I'm sorry. They're on the way. To this morning, this is really Tuesday. I'm recording this for Wednesday. Uh, this morning, I finished binding them all. The, all 35 of them are done. I had started stuff them in envelopes. And the envelopes I got, these really groovy little pink envelopes, are too small. So I got to get more envelopes. I swear they're on the way. <laughs> you're going to get your zines. And it's going to be soon-ish. Um, yeah, they might not go out till after Thanksgiving though. I'll try to get them out tomorrow though. So, um, I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry you're having to wait for those, uh, the, but it's going to be worth it. It's a really groovy story and I'm so excited about putting them in the mail. That's what's so frustrating about it. I, I struggle a lot with procrastination and plus the fact I have a lot going on. Um, but this morning I woke up and I was like, dude, get them in the mail. Like it's been a long time. So I apologize. Um, otherwise things are good. There's been a big universal push I'm feeling to do the animal show again and to do a big show of it, like a bigger show like than I did before. I sort of wanted to put it away. And then I made the book and the album and I, then I did the show again in Boston, just a really low key version of it. Although it wasn't that low key. I did have the string quartet with me. It wasn't low key at all. I did the entire show. Um, and it just made me realize like, oh, this matters. <laughs> so I, oh, I got to... I got to figure it out. So I'm starting to get my head around doing another tour and maybe a bigger production of it in New York again. Um, But money, money, money is always a thing. And I'm complaining. I'm preaching the choir. You guys know. And you're the people that are helping me keep my work going. Uh, So I thank you. But that's the thing in my mind. I'm like, oh, no. (laughs) It's really really hard to self-produce. That's like... That's the thing. That's the voice in my head when I start realizing I have to do the show again. Like, and I'll I'll be my weird, universal, airy fairy self with you. Every now and then, there are things in my life when I'm like, oh no, oh no, I'm getting universal directions that I have to follow. <laughs> no, I don't. Come on. So that's how I'm feeling about this. I got to do the show again. I got to put it up. I got to rework it. I got to make it a more solid production. Oh, come on. I don't know how to do that. And I want to get it at a bigger venue. And I need to get a producer. I don't know how to do that. So, eh. (laughs) But it's exciting, right? (sighs) So here's the plan. I'm going to start planning a summer tour, small uh, venues, um, probably sanctuaries, it's a little tricky, I'm realizing, because it has to be close to a city so that people will come to it for an evening performance with like a dinner or something. And um, and then back in the city, hopefully that I'll keep like doing social media stuff and I'll be building up momentum on Patreon so that I'll be able to work teaching less and work more on producing the show. And then next, uh, I don't know, next fall, do a big production of it again, a bigger production, like bigger than I did before, like bring on a producer and uh, like be able to rehearse it every day, like a full-time gig. That's my dream for a month. Yeah. So where does India in all of that? I was thinking about going to India. I didn't get the grant I wanted and 
I don't know. India could still happen, but I'm letting money stop me from doing a lot of stuff. And money is a problem. Like it's a big problem for me right now. So um, anyway, <laughs> that's where I'm at. All of those things are going to happen the way they're supposed to. And I'm feeling strangely calm with everything, including my relationship, which usually has me climbing the walls because I'm always in my mind thinking of reasons why we're five seconds away from breaking up and never talking to each other again. When in fact, most of the time it's going pretty good. <laughs> So I think that's called anxiety. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I love how strange these intros are to this bonus content. And now here's an interview that's completely unrelated to anything I was just talking about. Uh, this is Keith Knight. You heard him on the main podcast. If you didn't hear this main podcast, I really suggest you listen to it. Um, episode 267, Keith Knight. Here's the interview. Hey, patrons. Welcome to your bonus podcast for episode 267. Keith Knight is joining me here. Thanks again, Keith. Uh, thank you for having me. I, I like this exclusive Patreon bonus. Excellent. Yeah, it's really fun doing these, and uh, no pressure, but these always turn out to be better than the main interview. Which uh, so so bring it. We got to bring it for this one. But it always okay. just happens. It just feels so much more like intimate because it's a smaller group of people listening. And uh, yeah, anyway, so a couple things I found out. Well, I mean, I didn't have to dig that much. Um, and I think you mentioned it a little bit. The graphic novel you, you're working on, is that the, the story about you as a Michael Jackson impersonator? Yes, it is. Uh, when I was in high school, I, uh, I sort of stumbled into being a Michael Jackson impersonator during uh, my school high school variety show. And, um, and uh, I, it, what happened is after the show, I started getting all these... Uh, offers to could you come and do my kid's birthday party and uh it just grew from there <laughs> so i uh at the peak of my powers i went on tour with a prince a bruce springsteen and a madonna impersonator and one of my best buddies in my first year in college was a billy idol impersonator Ah, <laughs> uh, that's like so we must be about the same age because i was like uh, I graduated from high school in 87. Is that, or, I mean, it sounds like the same people were famous when we were both in high school. Yeah, yeah. I graduated in, in 84, but uh, but mentally I was probably about eight, class of 87, <laughs> 88. But yeah, it was just a really surreal time. And, and, you know, people have known that about me for a long time. They're like, oh, you know, you should do that as a graphic novel. You should do that as a graphic novel. And now I'm realizing why I never did it is because I, I don't like super long, long stories. I like just doing short comics. So it's been it's been super long time doing it. Um, I have nine deadlines a week, so it's been really hard. And I've been developing this show for Hulu. So. Um, I had to sort of put the, the graphic novel on the back burner, but um, uh, I'm drawing a lot smaller now and I have someone, uh, an editor helping me out uh, to finish it. So uh, I'm getting closer to the end. I just finished um, I just finished this <laughs> this wacky story about, you know, just about uh, sneaking and uh, trying to get out of this apartment while uh, someone's stepdad was there and would have killed me if uh, he had caught me in this apartment. Yeah. So it was like one of those things that you only see in the movies, but it really happened to me. And uh, I had to sort of run out. Um, I, I, I would be scared. Uh, I don't, I don't want to say anything dirty because my kid's behind me. Oh, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I would be, I, you know, if a Michael Jackson impersonator came running out through my apartment, I'd probably pull out a shotgun too. So, uh, you know, 
it's uh but it was fun it's, it was fun to draw and it's just fun to remember that time just bizarre you know the, the whole tagline is um how somebody found themselves by impersonating somebody else that's the tagline ah uh, that's great i'm i'm looking forward to the book like for for whatever that adds to your uh impetus to finish it uh i'd love to see it actually yeah i mean believe me like my my management in hollywood is like dude you gotta finish this book because it's gonna it's gonna do really well so just you know get it done uh, so. I love it. One of the things I wrote, my notes from Patreon are terrible, I'm discovering. I just kept writing down little phrases. And one of the ones I wrote down from you was, the failure is not trying it. Um, and there was a lot of talk about failure at Patreon. Like, uh, I, I think Jack did a lot in his closing talk, just talking about where he failed and how he moved forward anyway. Is there, I, I guess, two things. Like, are, do you have reflections about that quote and you can remember what else <laughs> you were saying? And also, was there, well, maybe I'll just leave it at that. Like, what, what, are, your, what are your thoughts about that quote? Do you remember what the context was or where you're at with that? Yeah, I think, I think one thing that we don't, we don't learn early on, like when, when we always hear about success stories, we don't hear about the 10 times or five times the person failed be, before they got the success. You know, we just always read about success of going, oh, like, wow, they just tried it and they succeeded. And that's, that's, that never happens. You know, it's, it's, you have to try the stuff first. You have to you have to fail first and fail has always been looked upon as such a negative thing. And, and it's not because you learn so much about yourself, about, you know, how not to do it next time, you know, how not to do it next time. So what I'm trying to do is, is, is encourage not only other people, but myself to try things. And, and if it doesn't work out, then it doesn't work out. It, it, it's, but you learn from it. You grow from that failure. And so the failure is being too afraid to try something because you don't think it will work. You know, if there's anything I could instill in my kids is don't, you know, don't be afraid to try it. Don't be afraid to go for it. And one of the reasons why <laughs> my success is coming to me at such an old age is because I think it's because I was hesitant to go, just go for stuff. You know, um, I was watching a Beastie Boys interview the other day and they were saying how, um, you know, back in the day, it was not cool to say that you were really into something or that you really love something. You know, it's just be like, oh, it's all right. It's all right. Like, and that's true in many ways. Like, you couldn't be just like, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go for it and blah, blah, blah. And um, I'm just uh, so if there's anything I can instill in people, it's just like just like if that's what you want to do, go for it, you know. And uh, and if you fail, then th th you, you'll have way more. You'll have way bigger regrets not trying it. You, it will always sit in the back of your head saying, should I have tried that? Should I have gone for that? You know, it's like, go for it. Failure is just it's not failure is not. Um, I don't know how to say it. It's not a bad thing. That's, yeah. that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there, I, I'm curious because it happened for me sort of later in life that I started, that I decided to s just start going for it with creating my own work. Like there were all these things I wanted to do for pretty much my whole life that I was afraid to just go for. Was there, was there like a distinct shift for you and, and what caused it? 
uh, I think it's partly, you know, this, I think it was a combination of, of, I guess, getting, I think it was being in San Francisco. And um, I was in San Francisco for 16 years. My plan had, had been to move to San Francisco from Boston after I graduated college, be there for like five years and use that as my graduate school, then move down to L.A., and try to try to you know develop something for television. I stayed in San Francisco for 16 years because I loved it. I loved it, and it was a wonderful place as an artist. It was affordable. You know, I went there right after the earthquake. It's the best time to go. If you know, San Francisco is due for a big earthquake. So when it hits, when it hits, everyone's going to leave, and you move there right then because stuff is going to be cheap. You can buy something, and then it'll shoot back up again. Anyway, <laughs> um, I was there for 16 years, and I just remember there was something somebody said. They said, if you're smart and ambitious, you move to New York. If you're not smart but ambitious, you move to Los Angeles. <laughs> and if you're smart but not ambitious, you move to San Francisco. <laughs> So that resonated with me, but I just felt like, oh my God, like, you know, like everyone's going, you shouldn't move from your apartment. Cause I had a great three bedroom apartment that was really cheap and everyone's like, don't ever move, don't ever move. And I just saw myself like, you know, in my apartment for 30 years, like not moving and just being there in the same place forever, just because it was good rent and just like not going for things. And I, I just... I just suddenly said, I'm moving to L.A. I'm moving to L.A., you know? And, yeah. um, and everyone was like, what are you, crazy? Don't Even my landlord was like, you sure you want to move out? <laughs> and I'll tell you this, you know, as much as L.A. was not where I was going to be a permanent resident, but I thought it was the greatest move I ever did. You know, we had our kids down there. Um we, you know, uh, that's where I met my producers that, you know, made the show, put the show together. And just, and while we were there, I, I just, it was that, sitting in this tiny apartment that uh, I said with my wife, we were like, you know what? We've been here long enough. You know, I, could, I still, I'll, I'll make the same amount of money living anywhere else. So let's find a place we can afford and that's when we moved to north carolina you know yeah <laughs> and uh and and we were able to buy a house here so we have a house and and the show happened two months after i moved to north carolina you know like everyone was saying oh don't move same way as san francisco don't move don't move you know it could be happening just around the corner and it wasn't until i got to north carolina that it happened and huh. so um you know, I just whenever people just sit there and and you have doubts about something, just say like, I mean, I, I just say make your moves. And the younger you make the moves, you know, the the more time you have. If you you know, if it's if it's a screw up, but you will never regret. I don't think you'll ever regret travel. I don't think you'll ever regret just going, following your artistic muse. Um. You know, I, I think I think there are some regrets in going. I mean, education shouldn't have regrets, but it's so expensive now yeah. that that I had someone contact me 
from my college because my college graduated two award-winning cartoonists and they have no cartooning program, but it attracts art students because they think that there's a great art program there. And they always give their contact info to me to, to ask me questions. And one of them wanted to go out to San Francisco to uh, uh, California College of Arts uh, to take their, you can get an MFA there in comics, and which is great. But she's like, I'm not sure because it costs a, a decent amount of money. I was like, how much it costs? She said 40000 a year. Ooh. And I was like, are you kidding me? I said, here's what you should do. Save up $10,000 and then buy a URL pass and travel to Europe and then just stay there for a year on 10000 bucks, <laughs> staying in hostels, drawing in cafes, and you will get a better experience like drawing cartoons. You will have more experience and more stuff like just traveling around Europe and just – uh, just staying in youth hostels and you won't be in debt. So just like, just do that. Uh, and I, you will never regret that. You will never regret that. But I think you will regret going into debt, like for 80 grand or something like that. And, yeah. and I know the people at CCA, great teachers and all that stuff, but unless you're loaded, you know, um, I, I don't think you should go into debt for uh, college isn't the be all end all anymore. It's just going for what if there's something that you're really into, just go for it. And you can learn by just finding whoever it is that you love, finding the person to do it and 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 talking to them directly and showing up where they are and say, hey, you know, is there a way? Can I can I be your <laughs> can I be your assistant for a while? Can I be your intern? Or can you send me a way where I, you know, I can learn how to do this without having to go to school and go into debt and stuff like that? I think we we all have that opportunity nowadays because with social media, you can connect with people a, a lot easier, a lot yeah. easier. Yeah. And, and people are really willing to connect. Like people are excited. People who do independent work are is really excited to talk about it. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, just even back in the day, um, I just remember writing Gary Trudeau, who does Doonesbury, and um, oh, I actually showed up at a, a signing of his, and the line was super long, and I was like, I'm not going to wait in the line. Because I don't want him to sign anything. I just want to give him my zines. So I walked up to the front and just gave some zines to his assistant. And I said, hey, you know, could you pass these on to Gary for me? And um, and he wrote to me after and just said, hey, man, these are really great and blah, blah, blah. Like just uh, and he was he, he did a blurb for me for one of my earliest books, him and Harvey Picar, um, just all these really cool cartoonists and um so I, I, I think there's so, so many people are so much more accessible now. Um, and here's the thing. When I lived in San Francisco, you know, Charles Schultz was alive. And I had always thought about going to visit to see if he was there. And I never did. And he died. One of my buddies said he showed up. He did what what I wanted to do, but I didn't do. And he went there and, and Charles Schultz had him dress up in goalie gear and play goalie while he took shots on him. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like Charles Schultz was really like, he built an ice rink there and where he worked, 
there was an ice rink and there was a little, uh, uh, I forget, the something puppy cafe. And he would go there and have his breakfast and skate. And, um, and I'm a big hockey fan. And I would have, like, I, my head would have exploded if, if I got to stand in goal and have Charles Schultz take shots on me, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and it was just because I, I just didn't think it, like, just, like, go for it. Just do it. Just go for it, you know? So that's, that's, there's an example of just not going for it, you know? What's the worst thing that could happen? Someone says no, and that's all. That's it. Yeah. Uh, I love it. This, uh, it's been so great talking to you. I hate to wrap it up, but we got to wrap it up. Yeah, no, I did. I appreciate it. And I appreciate all your Patreon supporters. Um, it's, it's, you know, and I'm not saying that <laughs> for you to come to me, I'm just saying for the folks to support you and to support all the artists on Patreon. It's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. It's a very, um, it, I feel like it's still in its infancy, the idea of Patreon. Um, so the people that are listening and subscribed to artists now are the, the the trailblazers yeah they they are they are and it's there's so much more there's so much potential and you know just briefly about patreon man i would love to see patreon you know one of the suggestions i said to them is like you should bring it to you should bring it to more cities you know um you should bring it to more cities um I think there should be like some sort of night for the public to come and check it out, like or not 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 the Patreon itself, but maybe a performance thing of like a few, you know, whether it's a Patreon film festival or Patreon something that is open to the public, just so you know you can turn more people onto it and stuff like that and get some publicity for it. Um, I didn't put that in there. I just came up with this now. I should write that. Should yeah, write I love it. That yeah, I, that's amazing. Like it's really, you know, that was one of the things I realized like as when I'm performing, instead of making a plea for people to join and sub, so like subscribe to me on Patreon, it might be better to just say this work exists because of my patrons. Thank you if you're one of them. You know, like yeah. twist it around is like because that's what the beauty of the whole thing is. We're able to like co-create together. Well, and, and that, that really is like the shift. I really, you know, one of the things I, I've been saying subscribe to me on Patreon for a while. So it's it's really nice to see that, you know, they're, they're now recognizing that. Um, I think it's it, it really is when you shift your thinking, um, it really and, and you, you said the same thing about the thousand fans are out there. You just got to find them. There's certain things that you say that can shift thinking. And uh, one of the things I say during my slideshow um, is, you know, when Barack Obama became president, so many white people would say, oh, you know, are you psyched? You know, black people you know, have accomplished so much. And I'm, I, I, I tell them, like, this is not a black accomplishment. This is a white accomplishment mm. because there were been plenty of black people that have been qualified to become president. And and white people just couldn't grasp, you know, get around to voting, you know, to someone that doesn't uh, voting for someone that doesn't look like them. So, you know, and once people start to think of it that way, they're like, ah, oh, you know, it, it's just just a shift in thinking. And I think a lot of time, times it just takes a shift in thinking to get people to support you, to get people to change their their minds on something. And um so, and I think that's, that's out there for almost anything out there for almost anything. Wow. 
Uh, I love it. It's been so great talking to you uh, again. Like, like that, it's that. It's the, the you look at things in a perspective that I really need. So I appreciate you being willing to share all that with me. Excellent, excellent. Thank you. <laughs>